when you have people who potentially don't want to listen or, or hear a new idea, if you take the data to them and prove out your concepts and your ideas with that, you'll have a lot more leverage to make change. Hello, and welcome to the Talent Acquisition Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dull, and on this show, we interview today's industry leaders in talent acquisition to discuss challenges, best practices, and what the future holds. If you are working in talent acquisition and have always wanted to sit down with your peers at other companies to exchange ideas and learn, well, this show is the next best thing. Join us each week as we bring you a new expert interview and extract their expertise. This episode is brought to you by SageMark HR. Transform your recruiting practices with leading-edge technology. Selecting the right recruiting solutions to enable your strategy is one of the biggest challenges leaders face today. You know technology will help, but searching all the options to find out what will work best for your specific needs can be both overwhelming and time-consuming. At SageMark HR, we make selecting the right recruiting technology easy. Our proven process has helped companies such as 3M, Comcast, Stryker, Walgreens, and many more. Reach out to us at SageMark HR for a free consultation to learn how we can help you improve results with less stress and confidently change from reacting to leading. Hello, and welcome to another episode of TA Leaders Podcast. Today, I have a conversation with Ashley Anderson. Ashley is the VP of Global Head of TA for Credit Karma. Ashley, welcome to the show. Nice to talk with you again. Really happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Great. So let's start out and just talk about your background a little bit. How did you get started in recruiting and uh, what are some of the roles that you've held uh, leading up to Credit Karma? I think it starts all the way back with me being raised by two engineers. My mom and dad were both engineers and then technical fields. My dad worked for a government contractor designing missile systems, which was really interesting to grow up around and Even better than that, my mom was a computer developer in the 70s and 80s when that wasn't really a job that women held. So tech was in my whole life. Santa Claus brought me a computer in 1981. And so I learned how to code on on a tape deck, which really dates me. Fast forward, I go to Clemson University and decide to major in political science and marketing because who actually majors in recruiting? That was not a thing in the 90s. So I knew that I wanted to be in tech. And so after graduation, I applied to a job at Microsoft and uh, it was in a marketing role. And they called me and said, hey, we'd love to talk to you. And I did a phone interview with a woman that was on the team. And at the end of the conversation, she was like, we'd love to fly you out to Seattle for this job. And I was like, oh, wait, like I thought it was a marketing job in Atlanta. And she said, actually, we'd love for you to talk to us about being a recruiter at Microsoft. And I was like, okay, well, is that what you do? Is this your whole job at Microsoft? And she explained that, yes, that this was actually a career path that you could take. So I I took that job and I was on the university recruiting team back in the 90s. Again, it was a great start to a career foundation at a great company. It was really interesting in that moment. It was the time when the Department of Justice was coming after Microsoft for being a monopoly. And so that moment taught me a lot about how telling your talent brand actively is super important and not letting the press tell it for you. So that's kind of how I got my start in recruiting. That's great. So from Microsoft then, 
walk me through a little bit on kind of the roles you had, increasing responsibility. Where else did you go um, leading up to Credit Karma? When I was out in Seattle, I was I was there for a little over two years, but really missed home and being on the East Coast. So I moved to Charlotte, which was Microsoft's second largest campus at the time, and stayed there for a while. And then the dot-com buzz happened. And a recruiter called me about a job at a startup that was really small in Charlotte, building a software program to help derivatives traders. So essentially my first FinTech experience. And I was the first recruiter there. And then the dot-bomb happened. And so they called all of us into a conference room and they're like, today is your last day. And so after that, I gave it a long, hard thing. And I was going to try something outside of recruiting. So I went and did a business development job at a Microsoft partner company for a couple of years. After that, I had my first child and then decided to start my own business. I did that for a little over three years, sold my half back to my partner, and then went back to Microsoft. And that's when my career in games started. So, and also my love of sourcing really was born in that moment. I'm the the leader that says, if you're not sourcing your own talent, then you really are just an overpaid paper pusher. And I really believe that like that research piece is super important to the function. So I did that for a while and then went to a startup called Zynga. Zynga was 300 people at that time. For those of you out there that don't know what Zynga is, if you've heard of Farmville and Words with Friends, that was the company that built those games. And I was there for about four years. And that was the first moment that I was a manager. So I led the research team. And in that team, we were responsible for 40% of all U.S. hires. And most of those were technical in nature. So it was really exciting to build You know, the startup. We were actually growing faster than Facebook at that time. And then after Zynga... The person, the man who was the COO of Zynga and was the president of Xbox when I was on the Xbox team, called me and said, hey, I'm starting this new game startup. I'd love for you to join. So that was my next startup experience and did that for a year, grew them to 100. And then really had like a moment where I decided I want to build something that's going to be impactful. I wanted to work for a mission-driven company. And they were building a technology platform to optimize crop production. So like really feed the world work. And that was my first head of talent job where I inherited a team. And it was a really incredible experience. I was there for about four years. And that's when Credit Karma tapped me on the shoulder. Colleen, who is our chief people officer, called me and said, hey, I've just landed at Credit Karma. I have this head of talent role. I think that you could do a lot of great work here. And so I was like, okay, Credit Karma, hmm, credit score. Doesn't sound exactly interesting, but luckily, the first conversation that I had uh, was with Ken, our CEO and founder. And that moment, that 45 minutes with him, really changed my perception of all that Credit Karma was. Like, yes, foundationally, 15 years ago, it was giving people credit scores and access to or personal financial information. And now Credit Karma has really become this platform that's democratizing financial progress for everybody. And it's been in a really exciting journey. That's great. If you wouldn't mind, share a little bit about around kind of at Credit Karma, the scope of your role, like how many employees are there? How many hires do you make a year? How many recruiters do you have on the team? Just kind of scope out kind of what your current responsibility is. So I handle all hiring. That means all external hires for four offices, Oakland, LA, London, and now Charlotte's where we're really growing the most. Recently, we made a deal with 
the state and the city of, of Charlotte to expand and make it our East Coast headquarters. So my team owns all of the internal mobility, talent, brand, and communications with the communications team, and then the contingent staffing program. We are about uh, like a little under 1,500 employees currently, and we are on track to make more than 500 hires, which is exciting. Our team is currently about 50 people. We have quite a few openings on our team currently. And so as we finish that build out, we'll scale to just about 60 folks focused on all of that work. Okay, great. So what are some uh, some of the key initiatives? Obviously, it's been a challenging environment, uh, one like none, neither of us have ever seen in our careers as far as yes, recruiting yes. goes. What are some of the kind of key initiatives that, that you and the team are working on this year to be able to drive performance? I'm really excited about a new team that we're building out. We're calling it the research team. And the best way to envision what their responsibility is to think about a Venn diagram of a recruiter sourcing an HR business partner, and also a data analyst. And so kind of where those intersect is what this research team will become. We want to be a partner to the business and to the HR business teams to help them understand trade-offs with talent planning. And by that, I mean, hey, your team currently is 70% more than senior. You have four workers you want to hire in the next two quarters. Do you really need four more senior folks? Could we translate those four roles into work done by six less experienced people? How much faster can we hire that? And how much faster can you then meet your roadmap if we hire those people faster? So trying to make those trade-offs. So I'm really excited about that work that we're doing. In addition, we've, we've made some big investments in tech, specifically for sourcing and also to provide more structure to our interviews. And so with those tools over the next year, I really see a a game changer in the way that we're operating with the business. Great. You know, I love tech. So that's great. It's pretty much impossible to succeed in this environment without a tech-enabled process. So that's kind of table stakes. So I'm glad to hear that investment happened. And and yeah, I'm sure it'll yield great results. Talk to me a little bit about what you see for the future. What do you see for the future of recruiting both at Credit Karma and maybe just as an industry as a whole? Yeah, I think we really are going to have to be more consultative and more directive with the business. I think in order to scale teams with the market that we're dealing with, we have to come to the business as the owners of the process and the experts. And I think I like to tell my team, you know, the team that I inherited was really acting as an internal agency. So the business was dictating kind of how how the team was operating and working. And what we came to term as this is not Burger King, you do not get it your way. The only way that we scale and build the correct teams is to let the recruiting team tell the business how best this works. And so I think that is going to be an unlock for a lot of companies that don't already have buy-in from the senior leadership and giving recruiting options and opportunities to take big risks and bet and be innovative and critical of their own work. And then I do really believe that that Venn diagram uh, that I laid out for a research team really should be foundational for every company. I think that without that intelligence driving decision-making, it's going to be impossible to meet your capacity planning and, and the talent planning that companies need to hit. Yeah, those are great initiatives and great thoughts around the future. I definitely agree. The evolution of the recruiter or recruiting resource is definitely underway. 
and what it takes to be successful and, and to add kind of maximum strategic value is you have to kind of evolve how you're doing things. The traditional methodologies are no longer effective. No, I think those are great. How about uh, what's, what's a piece of advice that you would give to others in the space? I would tell folks, whether you're a, a recruiter or a recruiting leader, is find an internal sponsor that's outside of your manager chain to really be your voice for what your initiatives are at that leadership table. I'm very lucky that, that I work somewhere that believes that recruiting should be at the table and, and I do have an active voice with our executive team. But I think in the cases where maybe recruiting hasn't proven themselves out to be deliverers, that you need that voice, that sponsorship voice at the table. So there's that's one thing. And then I think, too, it's always great to have an external mentor, someone that has done your job before and has progressed to other things to help you think through issues that you're having and, and maybe give you a different perspective and maybe open up a blind spot that you could potentially not be seeing for your strategy. Yeah, those are great pieces of advice. I agree with 100% with both of those. I think the the internal sponsor and somebody that you can work with, I think one of the bigger challenges that I routinely see is, you know, with TA leaders are very focused on kind of the, the recruiting function and the TA function and the strategy and get myopic a little bit about what's happening there. But there's always challenges educating the rest of the organization and getting buy-in and support for new initiatives or new investment. An internal sponsor or somebody that can help you kind of navigate those kind of things will be invaluable for TA leaders. And then externally, the market is moving so fast, and especially around technology and innovation and different approaches to things that just admitting like, hey, I can't keep up with everything because I'm in the day-to-day too, and I need to be leveraging external resources and experts in other areas and other people just to keep up with what's going on and make sure that, that I'm doing the right thing. So I think those are absolutely two great pieces of advice. So thank you for that. Yeah. Additionally, data, the answer, when you have people who potentially don't want to listen or or hear a new idea, if you take the data to them and prove out your concepts and your ideas with that, you'll have a lot more leverage to make change. No, that's great. Well, Ashley, a lot of fun talking with you today. Pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I I appreciate you and I appreciate you being a part of the TA Leaders Podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Talent Acquisition Leaders Podcast. If something we said today resonated with you, please subscribe, rate, and download our podcast and share the episode with your network. Ready to transform your recruiting practices with leading edge technology, just like our other clients at 3M, Comcast, Stryker, and Walgreens? Then reach out at sagemarkhr.com for a free consultation.